Husker Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. Hi, Breton. Hi, Matt. When are you going to get a real house? When I grow up. Adulting is hard. So is having a real house, apparently. What is a real house? So I just found out (laughs) fairly recently that a condo is not a real house. What? But a house is a real house, like a single family house. So a single family house is a house, but a condo is not a house. Correct. Incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) How did... What teacher have you been studying with that you... Where did you learn this? So, um, I can't tell that story. You have to. You can't name people, but you got to tell the story. Somebody, you were, t- you, so you own, you own a multitude of homes, which is, which has caused some consternation because only one of them is real. Only one of them is real. Apparently I never knew that. No, someone said, um, to my husband recently that, well, you and Britain must be glad you finally got a real house. Because earlier this year, we bought a house up near Mendocino and it's, it's, it's a real house. It has its own four walls and it's not a condo like this dump. (laughs) Well, it's fascinating that you've been living in an imaginary house for the last 15 years. Must be cold with no walls or anything. Oh, wait, you have those, but they're not real. So, so basically the, the gist of this is that a single family home is a real home and it means something to own that. But a condo is not a real home and owning a condo doesn't really mean anything. It's more like an apartment. Right. I mean, I guess in the eyes of some, a condo is sort of like the the redheaded stepchild. Not that I'm picking on redheads. Redheads are having a moment. Prince right? Harry. They're, they're no longer redheaded stepchildren. They're the gingers. They're the gingers. And everybody wants the ginger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I realized when I, I mean, I've heard that phrase and then suddenly I thought, oh my gosh, I don't want to offend anybody who has red hair. No, no, they're, they're. They're having their moment. They're like, they're it on Instagram. They're the hashtag of the year. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, But, you know, but condos, uh, are condos a real house? Well, my condo feels awfully much like a home to me. And it has, it has walls and floors and the ceiling and a kitchen and bedrooms. And I mean, it, it feels like a house to me. So why do you think there's this, you know, why are condos, you know, why are condos the ginger or the redheaded stepchild or the the illegitimate or the imaginary home? Like, what's that about? Well, I know in a lot of markets, condos are a lesser expensive alternative to a single family home. And then maybe that, and I mean, they are to some extent here too, but you can also spend $2 million on a two bedroom condo here in the city. So it's not like they're you could cheap. spend three million or four million on a two bedroom condo. You certainly could, the, or more. Um, but I think that because in in vast portions of the country, the condo, um, the whole condo market is considered like 
oh, it's, you know, oh, you can't afford a single family house, so you'll get a condo. Or maybe it's, I don't know. I mean, maybe it, maybe it's just perceived as a less valuable asset. It's interesting, uh, you know, wrapping up my year as president of the association, I've kind of like gotten the chance to travel, go to a lot of meetings, you know, meet a lot of other folks. It's almost like a, a master's in real estate. And in most of uh, American real estate, there's this concept of, of drive to qualify, which is that you can qualify for a house as long as you're willing to drive just a little bit farther. Oh. Um, you know, well, here adding 10 miles to your commute <laughs> can add an hour. Well, I mean, you know, the, the reality is like drive to qualify here would mean, you know, that you're driving Modesto, Stockton, Central Valley. And there are people, you know, that, that do that. But most people, when they look at the trade-offs involved, don't want to spend four to five hours a day commuting to own a property. And, <laughs> you know, 130 miles away from where they work and spend the vast majority of their time during the day. Yeah. And I mean, and there's, there's no such thing as an easy commute in the Bay area. And so if you live in a condo two blocks from your office in the financial district, you got a five minute commute by your foots. Yeah. You know, so like if, if your idea of what you need to do for, you know, to buy a home is, you know, just drive a little further, then I guess I can see why people think that, right? Because in, in the rest of the country, uh, new developments are springing up on the edge of wherever. Um, and perhaps, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, go to the edge of the Bay Area, wherever that is these days. And, and yes, you know, you, you have those kind of suburban developments, but this is not that, right? People want something different. Living in the city is not driving to qualify. Right. <laughs> And I would argue that the the style, the, the the legal the legal description of your property, single family home, condo, tenancy in common, that doesn't make it a house. It's it's your life in the house that makes it a home, and uh, a real house is where you make your life. Right. Well, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like, uh, if your condo was a stock co op, would it have been the mockery? Right? Or are stock co ops not real homes? Uh, probably not. I don't know. I mean, people make fun of co-ops, but not for that reason, right? They make fun of co-ops for the, the entrance interview. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and, like, I guess, you know, when, you know, back to drive to qualify, like, you know, when you can just drive a little further and get a single family, that also wrecks the value proposition for, for density in a way, you know, but since that doesn't work here from an investment standpoint, condos, are a great idea. Um, you know, they work. They, uh, I don't want, if you look at, at the market, like people have done very, very well in San Francisco owning a condo. Whereas I have no idea if that's generally true in Boca Raton or the other states. Boca Raton is not a state. <laughs> I know it's, it's Florida. It's in Florida. It's a city in Florida. I know that much. Yes. So <laughs> well, give me go. Um, but there's also, you know, we've had folks come to us over the years that didn't want to buy, for example, a studio or a one bedroom saying that's a bad investment. Right. Uh, and when we ran the numbers in the city, not the case, uh, you know, like one bedrooms and two bedrooms perform equally well, um, you know, and I could understand like in other markets, uh, you know, one bedroom condos 
it's it's a starter product always, you know, but here's a, a different proposition. Yeah. And I think about when I lived in um, Austin and I bought my first house when I was 22 years old for $34,000. And, and oh my goodness, all my friends bought houses because it was cheaper than renting. And I mean, we were all buying houses for like 30 to 50 grand in our early 20s because you could. And none of it. A 10% down payment is $3,000. I know. Isn't that cute? <laughs> And whoa, yeah. So, I mean, and there weren't even really condos for us to consider because the buildings that were built like condos were, they were rentals, they were apartments. And we just bought houses because we were getting out of college. We were, you know, it was just kind of, it was, it was doable. It wasn't a big thing. And, uh, when, no, this is a complete and total tangent, just flying off the topic from this. But this is the, this is just to tie back to the housing crisis and affordability and why first time buyers matter, right? The house that you bought for an amount we're giggling about right now appreciated enough that that eventually became a down payment on something in San Francisco that appreciated into a down payment on something else in San Francisco. And like that is the ladder an engine of wealth creation that has powered the middle class, um, that matters. And so when we look at like these housing prices and what's happening to first time buyers, that's why it matters. It totally matters. I, yeah. That house in Austin that I bought for $34,000, I think I sold it for one fifty or sixty or something like that. I don't even remember exactly what I sold it for. But that allowed me to buy my first place on sixteenth Street. Right. Here. Yeah. And without that, I mean, I don't know when I could have gotten in the market. Right. When you know, because if you look at what a mortgage payment in San Francisco is, you know, it's not the monthly payment when you look at our rents, like, you know, mortgage and rents aren't that that different in the city. It's having the down payment. Right. Um and in your case, you know, you started it out of the area and and traded into the area. Um but yeah, if if you if you don't have any place to start, then the engine the car never starts and it never moves. And and that's that's a huge sorry. Well, and rant. that and that's why I mean going back to your I remember um we were working with a buyer whose parents lived out of the area and they said you absolutely have to buy a two bedroom. You cannot buy a one bedroom because it's it's gonna be worthless. And I ran, um, I picked her neighborhoods and I ran one bedroom sales versus two bedroom sales, um, over, I don't know what interval I picked, maybe four or five years. And the appreciation on the one bedrooms was actually higher because that, I mean, our entry level has, I've been in real estate 17 years and our entry level used to be in the threes. And now the entry level is probably, I think we can safely say that you you probably need at least $900,000 to get into this market unless you're buying a, a, a fixer or you're not a desirable neighborhood or you're buying that studio. <laughs> um, yeah, but even then, I mean, that studio is now six, you yeah. know? Um, and, and yeah, realistically, it's kind of like mid-eights, mid-eights and up. Um, Which kind of makes me just want to lie down. <laughs> <laughs> Because the, I mean, these numbers are, um, it's, it's, there, there's a lot of money in our city, obviously, and there's a lot of people making a lot of money. And there's people who save up or, um, get stock options or somehow come up with that down payment. Um, but yeah. And then, I mean, going back to what you were saying about the, the engine of the middle class wealth creation is the appreciation in property. We're, 
because, and then, you know, then this, that feeds into the low inventory. There's no move up market right now because prices, prices have gone up. And if you bought 10 years ago, you could barely afford to replace your current house. So even selling at the, at the much higher price than you paid, you still have nothing to move into. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had one of those stories that kind of just, I think, came to a pretty good conclusion. The folks that just closed over there that we sold their condo at beginning of the year, prior year, then they rented. And yep. Then, and they ended up getting a lot more. Yeah, we sold. Um, they had a first floor flat, very cute place. Adorbs. Um was two bedrooms and one bathroom. And one of the bedrooms was, I mean, it was a legit bedroom. You could get a double bed in there, but it was, it was cozy. That's all you could get in there. <laughs> yeah, it was. And they, yeah. Um, but it was, it was an adorable place. It did not have parking. And we sold that for a million two fifty. And the buyer, the seller's dad who lives across the country said, you got a million two fifty for that dump. <laughs> but it wasn't a dump. It was so cute. <laughs> Oh, the joys of podcasting at home. Right. Um, hey, everybody. We're, our receptionist just let us know we're getting a delivery. <laughs> Is that the receptionist named Bowen? Exactly. Um, and then they, but they, yeah, these people ended up um, buying a townhouse. It is legally a condo, but it's a real house. <laughs> and they bought it for the exact same price that they sold their little bitty place for, but it's a three bedroom, two bath, two car parking. Um, Way bigger. Oh, like at least 50% bigger square footage wise. Yeah. Bigger than that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I want to say the laundry room in the new place. No, wait, I'm thinking of the, the half bath on the main level. It seems like that room is bigger than like the second bedroom in the old place. There's just so much more room. Yeah. So, so for, for, for them, the, the move up market worked, but it was also, I mean, it was three moves. Right. You know, they, two. two because yeah. they moved into a rental for um, the better part of a year or did they? Yeah. Year? Yeah. Yeah. Year and a half ish. So you've got a real house. I do have a real house. I'm not just a loser condo dwelling city loser anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the, the big L of, of condo ownership on your forehead. <laughs> well, apparently I do, but next to that I have the RH for the real house. You, you know why that, that condo isn't a real condo? Because it's unreal. Because yeah. that's how well the, the investment's been for you. It's just unreal. It's just unreal. <laughs> so I, I personally think that condos are houses too. I mean, they're not single family freestanding structures, but they are real houses. They, they very much are. And they're also all that's being built in San Francisco anymore. Yeah. I mean, it, if you, when you look at, you have a, a, a limited supply of a finite asset, which in our case is land. And the highest and best use is not a single family home. It's a multifamily dwelling, two or three condos on an infill lot, as opposed to one ginormous single family. I mean, we're it just, I mean, if we're going to look at it at a bigger level, we're definitely moving away from the 6,000 square foot houses. Um, I mean, we, how many of those do we even have in the city? But I think in general, 
Well, I'm, I'm reminded of the infographic we did at the beginning of the year about the incredibly shrinking condo. And it's right. kind of like the incredibly shrinking home. It's like every construction cycle in San Francisco, floor plans have gotten smaller. You know, this construction cycle, we've got two bedrooms that are in the 700 square foot range. You know, the last cycle, the smallest they got was, you know, like roughly the 900s. Uh, so, you know, so you can just watch them shrink, um, you know, over time. But I mean, at some point, you can only get so, you know, I guess there is a... There's an end point to that. There, There is an end point because at some point you can't put the bed in the bedroom and make it any smaller. Yeah. So we should do that math. <laughs> we, can predict, we can predict the smallest two-bedroom condo. Honey, I shrunk the condo. Exactly. All right. But they're all real. They are indeed. Property tax bills real too. And at the moment, so is the mortgage interest deduction. Crush your fingers. Escrow Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. 